the past few months, Commissioner Roger Goodell has talked about bridging the gap between the league and the players. Mike Tirico sat down with the commissioner and the executive director of the NFL Players Association, Demore Smith. They talked about why things changed and what comes next. So here we are as we sit and discuss this. It's one week from the season, but the season is right next door to us, and there's so many conversations to be had, so it's great to have you and Damar Smith, the executive director of the NFL Players Association, with us. Commissioner, uh, I'm going to start with you. The, the connection for so many NFL fans to the issues of social justice have roots in Colin Kaepernick and the 2016 anthem protest. What for you has been the change in how you view what happened four years ago as we sit here now? Well, I think, you know, all of us went through a process of learning and trying to understand what our players were protesting. Colin and uh, Eric Reed and uh, Kenny Stills and so many other players that um, were really trying to bring attention to what's going on in their communities and our communities. And we're seeing that play out now on screens in front of us, and it's been going on for decades, if not longer. And it, for, for us, it was just understanding what their focus was, and then also beyond just the attention that wanted to be brought to it, how do we help and support them make the change in their communities that we so badly need? And it's clear, and I think everyone is seeing that now. And, and I think everyone is at a position now saying, okay, we need to do more, and let's do more and make the change that is necessary, which we all know has to happen. Dee, Collins' name comes up a lot. I, I'm just curious, in your role as the head of the Players Association, have you spoken with Colin recently? Does he want to play in the NFL? Because that's the question a lot of us get all the time. Does he want to still play? Yeah, well, the, the last time I spoke to Colin, um, uh, he was definitely interested in, in playing. But, you know, where Colin sits right now in America is whether he is playing football or not, um, he started a conversation on a national level, um, and Roger and I are continuing that conversation today. Let's turn our attention to the field. When we turn on our TVs and watch the NFL on Thursdays and Sundays and Mondays, how are we going to see the conversation of social justice that has been so prevalent in America presented on the field in terms of the NFL and its players? Well, I think, you know, first it's going to start with the fact that, um, you know, we're, we're working with our players and we're working with our clubs to be able to do that in a way that reflects and the union to, to reflect. Uh, I think we're, we all feel are the important issues of today. Um, you're going to see it on the field, uh, actually in the end zone, with end racism on one end zone, and it takes all of us in the other end zone. And so um, we're going to see it on the back of their helmets, where uh, a lot of our players have chosen to wear victims of police brutality and uh, their work to support those families. Dee uh, and I and our obviously our constituency owners and the players just yesterday announced that we were going to provide scholarships for the families of those victims as part of this effort. So I think you're going to see it in a very emotional way mm -hmm. um, uh, as part of the opening of our season in a way that I think it's important to do and, and it will be balanced and we'll focus on football. Dee, how important is this for the players? Well, it's incredibly important um, to the players. Um, you know, for, for where we sit, we know that we have tremendous fans who love our game. Um, I've always said that, that I love the players more. Uh, but this effort between our
ourselves in the National Football League is about two things. One, um, promoting and supporting our players and their voice, um, but also embracing this idea that, that while football is great and we all love the game, um, I would never want to be in a world where the game is simply a distraction from what's going on in our communities, in our towns, across America. I want to ask about you for a second, because you want this to be about the players and their platform and their role. But I, I've watched over the last few years, your impressions of this entire situation have evolved and changed. And I know that you've gone on right along to the police. You've sat in bail hearings. You've tried to educate yourself. Listen, which is what we all talk about now. We need to listen better. Can you share something that you have found in that discovery process that has helped you evolve into how you're viewing this from your leadership role? You know, I, when you, by the way, I didn't just educate myself, I was educated by our players. Honestly, they, they were the ones who invited me to go on the ride alongs in Miami. Kenny Stills, for uh -huh. example, we were riding along in a police car, talking to a police officer. We went into communities to talk about the relationship between the police with the police. And did that help you get it, understand? Absolutely, because mm -hmm. I, I think when you hear it, you see it, you feel it. Right. And I felt it, and I can feel the emotion from our players and the fear that they have consistently living with. And I think from that standpoint, when you, when you hear that and you see it and you feel it, you know, it, it makes you say, this is wrong. Dee, we know that the power happens when people are paying attention. How do you anticipate the players using their platform when we get to game days and weekends this fall? I think it will be powerful. Our players, our fans, our coaches, our owners are all making a decision that we are not going to let ourselves be used in a way to take the spotlight off of what's happening in our community. And that's an important time in America where um, there are some public officials who wish that we would just simply play football or play basketball and get away from what's really happening in our communities. That brings up a conversation, and it can be small houses or it can be the biggest houses in our country. There are some folks who say, leave the game alone. I don't want politics mixed in with my sports when I sit down to watch the National Football League. What do you tell those people? Well, Mike, you know, we, we don't impact the game per se, but, well, but we have to understand this game is played by human beings, people who are coming from these communities who are impacted by it. Uh, emotionally, um, they're frustrated, they're angered by this, their families are impacted by this, and, you know, these are our communities. These, we live in these communities, we play in these communities, we operate in these communities, and I, I think we're all tired and uh, see the, the things that are going on that are abuses that shouldn't be happening. And, you know, it's a time for us to, to make the change, and I think, uh, you know, sports has been a big part of social change through the years. Mm -hmm. You can go all the way back into the 30s, in the Olympics in 36, right? With Jesse Owens. You, you can go back into the 68 Olympics. Uh, John Carlos and Tommy Smith in Mexico correct. City. And, you know, you can talk about all these changes. Jackie Robinson, you can talk about so many things that have happened to help our country get to a better place. And sports has been a big, big influence on that. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> you know, we're not here to make political statements. We're, we're here to help make our communities better. D, your players have taken a pretty strong role here. A lot 
larger voice than maybe five or ten years ago in terms of numbers of players. How have you seen the players' willingness to put themselves out there and be prone to criticism, candidly, by those who think they should just shut up and play? How have you seen that evolve with this current generation of player? I, I think players um, have done a great job of embracing that identity and understanding um, that they should not be uh, relegated to a two-dimensional athlete, and we are a better country when we decide that we are not going to put blinders on or live in a silo. Um, embracing what it means to, to have this game played by people um, who are husbands, sons, um, fathers, that's what it means to be a part of America. And, and I think that that's when America is at its best, when we recognize the things that we have in common and recognize the history and the things that, um, that we have to fix in order to be a better um, citizen. Just follow on D a little bit. When uh, you know George Floyd was tragically killed, uh, I talked to hundreds of players. Uh, several players called directly. Uh, Patrick called. And the, the one thing that they really focused on that was really interesting was the importance of voting and the importance. And D and I talked about it early on. That's how we exercise our rights as Americans. That's how we affect change, even at some point. And so we have put together a campaign, you know, that is about NFL votes. And we launched it six or seven weeks ago. It's having, I think, a real impact internally in the NFL family. And we hope externally with helping people register, get educated, and most importantly, get out and vote ultimately. And that's how we exercise our rights as Americans. And those things came from the players, and those things are being executed with the players as well as the club. And that, that to me, I think is incredibly powerful. There have been a few owners who've been very vocal in this social justice space and the need to address it. How important is it to get more or all of the owners to publicly be out there and lead this conversation in those communities like the players are? I would bet you in every league meeting we've had, over the last year, there's been some discussion about either social justice or diversity and inclusion plans, and how do we get better in making our organizations more diverse. Are you getting buy-in from the owners? Absolutely. You know, obviously, you're going to have some clubs that do things better than others, and, and some teams that may do it differently. Uh, but that's okay if it's organic and it's with the players. But those conversations that Dee was talking about where owners and players are sitting in the same room talking. I, I had one owner who called me the other day who said they spent four and a half hours in there, just the owner and the players. Hmm. And good things come from that. There's a better understanding and there's, uh, I think, a, a chance to, to, to bridge differences in a, in a way that ultimately is going to make us all better. Incredible times. And we'll uh, continue to watch the next chapters as they play out. Damara Smith, Roger Goodell, thank you. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Appreciate it. It's crucial to have the NFL behind the player. And this has to lead to real action because the pain is being felt everywhere, not just in big NFL cities. Kenosha, Wisconsin is where Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back by police. It's also the hometown of Trey Waynes. My wife was like, did you see where it was? I was like, no. And she was like, Kenosha. Didn't happen too far from you know where I grew up, and I was really embarrassed and disappointed just because growing up in you know Kenosha, Wisconsin, I never in a million years would have thought that kind of thing would happen. What happened to him was not right. 
racism isn't something you're born with or something you're taught. So if I can affect a younger generation, that might be a step in the right direction to make changes. Is now a good time for a flare up? Enough, Crohn's. For adults with moderate to severe Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, Stellara can provide relief and is the only approved medication to reduce inflammation on and below the surface of the intestine and you see. You get on that flight. Back off, you see.